Today is Wednesday, June 23, 2021. On this day in 1993, 24-year-old Lorena Bobbitt cut off her husband's penis before fleeing the scene and throwing the evidence out of the window. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from Parcast. Due to the graphic nature of these crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. I'm Vanessa Richardson, and today I'm joined by our guest host, Molly Brandenburg from Unexplained Mysteries. Her show explores the mysteries of history and life on Earth. Molly will discuss the aftermath of today's story while I'll cover the narrative. Thanks, Vanessa. Absolutely. Now let's go back to Manassas, Virginia, in the early hours of June 23, 1993. Lorena Bobbitt, an Ecuadorian immigrant, slept alone in the apartment she shared with her husband. 26-year-old John Bobbitt was a retired Marine who worked as the bouncer at a local bar. The job often kept him out late. According to her later testimony, it was well after midnight when Lorena awoke to the sound of her front door slamming shut, signaling her husband's return. Within minutes, John was on top of her, pinning her arms down and groping her. Lorena testified that she told him she was not in the mood, but John ignored her shouts and started forcibly undressing her. Weighing in at 200 pounds, he easily overpowered his wife. According to Lorena, it wasn't the first instance of assault or rape in her marriage, but it would be the last. After John fell asleep, Lorena walked into the kitchen for a glass of water. She was so distraught by the night's events that she could hardly stop shaking. Without thinking, she picked up a large 8-inch carving knife from the counter. Clutching it tightly in her hand, she crept back to her bedroom. In a kind of trance, Lorena approached her sleeping husband. She carefully pulled back the bedding and cut John's penis cleanly off. Lorena fled the scene before her husband knew what had happened. Within moments, she was out of the apartment and in her car. She sped to a nearby freeway with one hand on the steering wheel and the other still holding John's severed penis. That's when reality finally set in. Lorena slowly realized what she'd done and started to panic. She threw the bloody appendage out of the window in disgust before calling an ambulance for John. It landed in the middle of a roadside field. On the phone with police, Lorena told them exactly what she'd done, her current location, and where she'd disposed of the penis. It was found soon afterward, cleaned and put on ice in the hopes it could be reattached. Lorena was arrested that same night and charged with malicious wounding. If she was found guilty, the night's events could put her behind bars for the next 20 years. Coming up, Lorena's trial throws her into the national limelight, casting John as the sympathetic victim of her abuse. 
every so often, something so impactful happens, it has the power to capture the attention of a whole country. An event so deadly or dumbfounding, it has no choice but to live on in infamy. Hi, Parcasters. It's Ashley Flowers, and I'm exposing the most sinister cases from the darkest corners of the globe in my new true crime limited series, International Infamy. Every Tuesday, come along as I guide you on a wicked world tour. 15 different countries, 15 infamous crimes. Take a trip to Iceland where six people confessed to a murder that never actually happened. Journey to Mexico where a Lucha Libre wrestler moonlights as a serial killer. And travel to New Zealand where two friends hatch a deadly plan to become famous. Each episode of International Infamy explores the twists and turns of a notoriously high-profile case, zeroing in on the cultural details which make the crime unique to its location, and explaining why it couldn't have happened anywhere else. Follow my new Spotify original from ParCast, International Infamy with Ashley Flowers, and catch a new episode every week. Listen free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Now back to the story. On the night of June 23, 1993, according to interviews and her testimony in court, 24-year-old Lorena Bobbitt was raped by her husband, John. Afterward, she cut off John's penis while he was sleeping and fled the apartment. The police successfully located the severed organ in a field and were even able to reattach it after a nine-and-a-half-hour surgery. While John was in the operating room, Lorena was arrested. Within six months, the night's events would be major news. Lorena Bobbitt was treated by the media as a vengeful criminal, and her story became fodder for late-night shows and stand-up comedians. My guest host Molly is here to discuss the ensuing trial and how it sparked a nationwide conversation about domestic and spousal abuse. Thanks, Vanessa. January 10, 1994, marked the beginning of the highly publicized trial. Outside the courthouse in downtown Manassas, vendors sold Lorena Bobbitt t-shirts to crowds of enthralled spectators. Food trucks even served John Bobbitt specials, like hot dogs with French cut fries. Inside the courtroom, however, the atmosphere was far more grave. A jury composed of seven women and five men listened as the prosecution labeled Lorena Bobbitt as a hot-headed and demanding wife. They claimed she attacked her husband purely out of spite. Their argument was substantiated by an audio recording taken by police on the night of Lorena's arrest. On the tape, she told authorities that her husband never waited for her to reach orgasm when they had sex. The narrative of the fiery foreign wife was widely upheld by the 1993 media, but it was far from the truth. Lorena's attorneys described their client as a battered woman in the classic sense who acted out of self-defense. She was caught in a relationship plagued by physical, emotional, and financial abuse. Lorena, who worked as a manicurist, reported that John frequently took her earnings and used them as he pleased. She testified that he forced sex on her multiple times before the night of June 23rd and threatened her to prevent her from leaving him. 
Lorena told the jury that she had told four people in total, including a neighbor she hardly knew, that her husband beat and raped her. Lorena also claimed John had a habit of flaunting his infidelities with other women. He had previously strong-armed her into getting an unwanted abortion. He even practiced what Lorena called Marine Corps torture techniques on her, which hospitalized her on one occasion. By June of 1993, Lorena's defense team made it clear that she lived in constant fear of her husband. As a result, she likely suffered from post-traumatic stress disorder and clinical depression. Lorena's mental state following the June 23rd rape could have caused her to snap. The defense stated that the act was a combination of self-defense and temporary insanity. John denied the allegations of rape and abuse, but his story shifted each time he recounted it. He disputed known facts, sometimes denied sex ever occurred that night, and even claimed that Lorena was the one who made sexual advances on him. Nevertheless, the defense successfully presented witnesses who could back Lorena up. Testimonies confirmed John's clear proclivity for violent sex and his reputation as a wife-beater. After eight days of deliberation, the jury found Lorena not guilty. She was sentenced to five weeks of psychiatric evaluation following her plea of temporary insanity. In a statement to the press upon leaving the courthouse, a male member of the jury told a reporter, quote, we didn't believe John. After six years of marriage, John and Lorena Bobbitt finalized their divorce. John was eventually tried for rape in a separate hearing and was acquitted. Several years later, however, he was convicted of battery and sent to prison. Following his release, he was convicted of battery twice more against his second wife, Joanna Farrell. Lorena Bobbitt went on to found the Lorena's Red Wagon organization, which advocated for women in abusive relationships. She continues to live in Manassas with her partner David and their daughter. Today, her trial is remembered for pushing domestic violence into the national spotlight and marking a significant turning point for the American justice system. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Thanks again, Molly, for joining me today. Thanks for having me. You can find my podcast, Unexplained Mysteries, on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Paul Liebeskin, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Bruce Katovich. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Katie Burris, with writing assistance by Terrell Wells, and fact-checking by Haley Milliken. Today in True Crime stars Molly Brandenburg and Vanessa Richardson. Hi, listeners, it's Ashley Flowers, and here's a quick reminder to check out my new True Crime Limited series, International Infamy. Every Tuesday, I'm taking you across the globe to look at 15 of the most notorious crimes from 15 different countries. Some stories are sure to shock, some may leave you stumped, but all are quite the trip. 
Follow my new series, International Infamy with Ashley Flowers. Listen for free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.